Hello, and welcome to the Wild Wonder podcast, where we seek to democratize and demystify holistic wellness practices by speaking with today's leading practitioners. Usually, I'm your host, Kristen Yorka, but today I'm the interviewee. Interviewing me today is author, business owner, and mental health coach, Misty Buck. Thank you for interviewing me. Kristen, I'm so excited because (laughs) I've totally been on the other side of this where you have interviewed me before but also you're constantly interviewing people. So I love this idea. So when you asked me, there was no way I was going to say no to this. <laughs> Thank you. You are also my very first guest. So. Oh my God. That's right. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Well, yeah. we go way back, right? So I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm super excited. Um, I feel much more relaxed being on this end. I feel like I could just chill out and answer some questions. Yeah, the pressure's on me. Don't worry. I got this for you. We're good. <laughs> so, I, by the way, guys and girls who are listening to this, Kristen had the idea that I'm a good interviewer. I don't know where that came from. So we're going to test that out today. We're going to see you right along with me. As Well, let's just jump right into it. So yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about us, about you? I'm sorry, your passion why why yoga why all these different awesome things that you're doing which are so many different things I have a ton of questions for you but let's start with your why my why (laughs) sure let's just go with something easy like my why um I think like most I have an artist brain so like more most artists I don't think they're I have to find a reason before doing things it's more like I feel like this needs to be expressed so then I express it in whatever form I feel is best. So when I was younger, that form took dance and writing. And later on, it expressed itself as yoga and still writing and also teaching. Um, and there's an art in that. Um, so it was a, a, what it looks like from the outside, a windy road. But I think it's also a form of just the the spirit or the muse trying to express itself through different modalities. Okay. So I, so I love that. All right. So you mentioned several different things. So what's Mm -hmm. really the practice that started you on this path? The practice. Uh, well, I was a a dancer from from like four years old, like everyone is until I was about 25. And then, so I really dancer, by the way, I will never forget dancing with you. And it was like, when you were, if anyone was ever grouped up with you for like the school production dances and we got put in your group, like we knew that we were golden because <laughs> you were so good and so patient and your choreography was always like on point. So you had, you could just see like that spirit. And I guess that's my point to what you were saying earlier, that spirit and that gift just really, just really coming through. So how did that go? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but where did that, I just wanted to acknowledge that because like, I just have such a vivid memories of that. There's like a dance in particular that we did together as a group. And I just, I just remember how awesome you were with that. And so it really speaks to your spirit with moving the body and creativity. And so I personally feel that from you. So, all right. So you're the dance. We're going into writing and yoga. Sorry. I didn't want to get off a little off track. Yeah. To acknowledge you there. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I I never had a thought other than I am a dancer and this is the way I express myself, right? 
writing was always in my life, but I didn't identify it with it as much as I did dance. Like mm-hmm. I, it was who I felt I was and until it wasn't. And then at about 25, I didn't, it felt like it, I wasn't expressing myself in the same way through that medium. Mm-hmm. At the same time, 25, it was always like that age where you feel like you should do things that are more grown up, right? Or you feel yeah. the pressure from the outside building, like, oh, when are you going to get a real job? That's really cute. But like, you're really talented in other areas. Or you're really smart. You should do this, that, and the other. Um, so it was, it was both. It was the process of growing up and feeling the outside pressure of having to be a grown up. And then the inner need to express myself differently. Okay. Um, so that led into a kind of depression. Um, I said 25, but it really started around 20. I officially retired from dancing at 20. Well, retired from dancing at 25. But um, it started around 20 years old. And it, it was like it, an undiagnosed self-depression where I was just, I think, where everybody falls into when you lose that one thing that so made up your personality and then you're just like okay what am I now if I'm not in this thing if I don't express myself in this way then what am I um and that's when I found yoga and it was and it wasn't like I found yoga and a light bulb went off and I was like oh and now I'm cured and now I'm a yogi like no it was the, I still remember that first class I remember I went with my mom and I remember she was laughing and I was really mad at her for laughing through it because it was the first time that I felt some space, some space within myself where I could be like, okay, this is where we are and this is fine. And some space between my initial emotions and urges and my need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that was yet, but I knew it felt good and I knew I had to keep doing it. Um, so I think that was my first, like, uh, well, my, actually my second. So dance was my first, like, embodiment of a practice and then yoga slowly became that next thing that allowed me to express myself differently I love this so much for two reasons well many more but for two real basic reasons one is that when I work you know I coach with athletes on their mental health and one of the biggest struggles they have is that transition after sports for that exact reason that you just said they don't know who they are outside of their sport it's all they ever practice it's how they express themselves it's where they went for stress relief it's mm-hmm. it was just sort of their entire identity right so we talk about a lot about developing athlete identity outside of mm-hmm. your sport while you're still a player to support yourself outside of that and i think a lot of us go through that in different um in different ways and different stages in our life and then i was also having a conversation yesterday on clubhouse which i'm a little obsessed with but i was having a conversation yesterday and we were talking about you know, this woman was talking about how you know she's she's never been an athlete and all of a sudden like in her i don't know how old she's in maybe she's in her 30s mm-hmm. and all of a sudden like she wants to try boxing but she's feeling like really insecure about that but she just keeps wanting to try it so we were having this conversation around the idea of, of pursuing the things that call that call to you mm-hmm. without judging them so i guess my next thing for you is what was it about yoga that called to you was it something specific or was it something that you were just like oh i want to try this uh, so if i think back 20 almost 20 years uh i there was something a, a need in me to want to express myself through the body again i wanted to feel it in my body i didn't necessarily feel connected like many people will describe how they go around the world as like 
I think Elizabeth Gilbert once said, I went to hear her speak. She said, most people think of themselves as like a brain on a stick. Yeah. You know, like disconnected. And that, that's how I felt. I felt like I was just floating. If anyone would have asked me about my life then, I would have described it as like a bumper car. I was just like drifting. I don't know. I was just on to the next thing. And I didn't feel this connection at all. And all I wanted to do was be able to move my body um, and be able to express in that way. So I, I tried, like everybody does, trying to go to the gym and make that a thing. Um, and then I was so hyper-focused on like the look of it or how my body would look and feel. And then, but it wasn't, there was something missing. Um, and unfortunately, we don't have a lot of places where we can go where an ex-professional dancer can just go to hang out and dance like mm-hmm. that. There's not many places like that. You're either like a dancer or training to be a dancer or or you could be a teacher but there's not many spaces where you just go be creative with your body as an adult and it not be a profession mm-hmm. and I think now that I say it I think it's it's a nod to our um this western culture of having whatever we're doing have it be for the economy right have it be something mm-hmm. that we can make money on and there's not many of us just going to do stuff for the joy of it but yeah. I get sidetracked. I could go down that patriarchal circle all day. But we're going to get back to... Well, imagine, but I have to imagine that's a really important part of what you do. Because mm-hmm. when you are in resistance to the things that are calling you, your mm-hmm. body becomes really tense, right? Your, your emotions become really low vibration, right? You are low energy. You have low energy. You are... Um, your soul probably feels like you said, just sort of like you're drifting or you feel really unsettled inside. And so I have to imagine that this practice that you do through yoga and these other things that as you're helping people help sort of break those things open. Yeah, I think that what was what called to me was the movement of the body. What I didn't expect to discover was the connection in a, in a slower way to my own thoughts, emotions, and what my actual spirit was saying. I don't think I ever experienced that level of quiet before, or at least not within those 10 years where I could really like stop and listen and consider other than in that first yoga class and then the many classes after that. Right. Yeah. That inner stillness is, is so huge because it'll, when you give yourself the opportunity and the permission to listen it to it and not judge it, right. We talk about a lot about that in mindfulness, mm-hmm. not being, judging of yourself you sort of find this path so how did yoga turn from something that helped you channel that that energy and that creativity of your body into what is now a career uh you know it'd it'd make a really nice story or movie if i could say like and then i was a yoga teacher and (laughs) everything worked out fine and that's all i had to do Um, (laughs) but it's never quite that simple is it never quite that simple Um, (laughs) So I went to yoga teacher training um, just because I felt I needed it and I didn't know really where it was going to lead after that other than I knew I wanted this for myself and I knew that during this time I wanted to find something that would allow me to be of service in some way, something outside of myself. And on those two ideas, I started yoga teacher training um, for three months every day um my parents thought I was had absolutely lost my mind um because who on earth leaves their job and goes to yoga teacher training with a one-year-old 
Right. Um, <laughs> and at the end of it, I had the idea of I would teach um, seniors yoga in the park or something, um, which doesn't pay that much money. <laughs> but um, that was a start. And then I quickly realized that I have uh, too much energy for senior citizens. And luckily, as life would have it, the ballet teacher at my child's early childhood center quit within that week. And they asked if I would fill in. And I said, yes, if I could teach yoga too. And that was the, they agreed. And that was the start of my yoga program uh, in schools. So I was able to, I taught ballet for many years there. And then I taught kids yoga there. That was my first class. And from there, it just kind of grew. So it didn't, it didn't have like a business plan where I was like, I'm going to start this kids yoga program and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z with one class. And then other schools started calling me. And then within a year or two, two years, it was my full-time job. So let's talk about this for a second. Because you went a path that a lot of people are extremely, extremely terrified to take. And that means taking this safe, secure, job where you were killing yourself but you were excelling and you had a paycheck to support your family guaranteed right mm-hmm. and you decided i'm gonna actually gonna i'm gonna listen to myself that's not for me right instead of just like most people we just do what we have to do to continue mm-hmm. on right and then maybe we'll think oh maybe i'll make a side hustle or whatever to you know fill my purpose and i want you to talk about how you were able to hold that faith and that belief because like as soon as you made that job and you decided this is what I'm doing, it doesn't matter what my parents say or this happens or that, I'm just totally going to put 110% faith and belief into this, this purpose that I feel, this calling that I feel, I'm going to just take a leap of faith. And amazingly, that job opportunity, you know, there's no coincidences, it opened. And you know, a lot of times when people are looking at making changes, there's so much, again, there's so much resistance there. There's so much fear there. So how are you able to not be in that place? How are you able to be in that growth mindset and be totally open and allow these opportunities to come to you? I, I don't know that it was growth mindset at the time. Okay. Um, I think it felt more to me like a, a life or death choice. Like I felt two things. I felt when I was in the office, I felt like I was slowly dying. Like mm-hmm. I felt like if this is what life is supposed to be, then I don't want it. It's mm-hmm. um, huge. Hmm? Yeah. A lot, and a lot of people do feel that, right? They feel like this, this job is like crushing my soul, but I, I don't know. This is all I know. I don't know what else to do. I have things I'm interested in, but I have a mortgage. I have a family. So for you to honor that, I mean, I just want to hear about this because this is like Mm -hmm. just so huge. And I know it's going to help so many people out there. So just walk us through that. Yeah, I think I was I was getting more and more depressed. Okay. And it was showing up physically. I think I feel things very physically. So I was the the like nail on the coffin day was I was going into my grandmother's house who I had to move in with um, with my child. Um, and she had dementia. So I'm taking care of a one-year-old and, uh, my grandmother with dementia. So that's stress enough. And then I have this job that I am miserable in. Yeah. And I remember going in through the back door and I just collapsed into the grass. Um, and it wasn't even scary. And that probably should have been the scariest part that I was like, okay. Um, so I'm laying in the grass and 
it was less, I guess I would describe it as prayer, but I, it was felt more like my soul was begging to be out of this situation. Wow. My job, my circumstances, the whole thing. Um, and I remember even seeing a bird. I almost like in my in that mentality, I was almost hoping the bird would tell me what to do. Like something, a sign from anywhere, lightning strikes. Right. This cannot be it. Um, and then the very next day, and and also during this time, my physical body was just breaking down. Like everything in my body was saying, like you're not spending another day in this place. I was getting upper respiratory infections. I was not sleeping. I mean, I'm obviously also taking care of two people that need my round the clock care. Um, but it was more than that. Something in my soul wasn't allowing my body to continue. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm also that personality that uh, I'm kind of all or nothing. My mom would call it, call it um, oppositional defiant disorder, but I beg to differ. <laughs> that when I feel trapped in a place, I'll do whatever it takes to get out. Yeah. But Kristen, I don't. I think you're sort of like mm-hmm. your story is so amazing to me because I've been in that position in a quite honest sometimes I feel like I still am where my soul's like McFly like hello what are you doing like I'm not comfortable like this isn't cool like you have to follow these other you know these other callings or whatever and I'll feel like really unsettled and I'll feel really top heavy like I said earlier and so um, but I think too, the other piece of credit that I want to give to you is not only did you listen to yourself and you took that, that leap of faith, like that you, that you know yourself so well. And I think being a dancer, silencing your body through yoga and your mind has to have helped with that. Because if you don't have, take the time to really know yourself, you're not going to know like, okay, I'm a very, um, like I respond to things physically or I'm auditory or I have to do this mm-hmm. or I have to do that. So really like knowing yourself. So you had all these these tools and gifts that were already preparing you to be here. So how did you have, you know, I have a couple more questions for you because okay. we're going to run out of time soon, but like, how did you, how did you just hold that? I'm so curious. I know this is going to help so many people. That's why mm-hmm. I'm going to put a little bit more here. How did you hold that belief? So you, a lot of people, because I'm not going to lie, Kristen would go and like crash and be like, you know, fall on the grass or whatever it was and see the bird and be like, all right, I'm going to have a bottle of wine and I'm going to pick myself up tomorrow. I'm going to put my big girl panties on, as we might say, and I'm going to deal with it and go back to life. So how were you able to say, no, I'm not doing this. And I believe in myself enough. I felt like I did that. I felt like I did that. Um, 16 to 25, 16 to 25, I would have done whatever was expected of me and I would have numbed out however I could to be able to continue so I think the experience of those earlier years was that it doesn't work you know I've I've gotten to this age at that time I was 31 Mm -hmm. I've I've done that I've numbed out I've tried to do what I'm supposed to do I've done whatever anybody expected of me and more Mm-hmm. And here I am, miserable and thrown on my grandmother's backyard. Like, oh, that's this is huge. I'm getting chills. This is a total aha moment. I'm serious because I really know this is going to help a lot of people out there. No, but I'm serious. Like, because I, 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 I know that I, you know, I know this wasn't one of the things that we had talked about talking about in this our conversation today. But I just think like that, 
that whole idea of just no, you know what, I'm I'm going to honor myself at all costs. And I think that's such a it's such a huge and beautiful thing. And I think a really a small percentage of people actually do that. Yeah, and I think that's what I, I hope for people now. I hope that by not sh- only sharing my story, but by sharing these tools that people are able to get there faster than me. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I love working with younger kids and now teens. Like if I could give these tools to teens, like if I had these tools as a teenager, I would, you know, my life would be totally different. I could have I spared myself so much pain. Yeah. You know, if I was meditating properly, we did meditate in my household, but I, I taught myself. I can't tell you that I was meditating like you're supposed to. If I had meditation, if I had yoga, if I had divination pro- practice, if I had prayer, if I was able to connect with myself using one of any of these tools, then mm-hmm. I could have been suffering a lot less from PTSD right now. You know? <laughs> yeah. So what would you... We'll move on in a second, but like, what would, cause I have another topic I want to get to real quick, mm-hmm. but like, what would you tell somebody who is in that position where you were feeling like you were, their body is breaking down, they're unhappy. They feel like they want to go in a different direction, but they feel guilty because they want to do what they're supposed to do. Right. And mm-hmm. they feel a lot of pressure to the financial stuff that we talked about. What's one thing that you would tell that person? I would tell them to stop. I think people don't stop enough. I think people don't take the time to really investigate these uncomfortable spaces within themselves. Mm -hmm. And so instead of taking the time to really figure out what's going on, they'll jump onto the next thing, which is usually equal to the experience they're already in. So if they are able to just as easily as like take a breath or spend five minutes a day in silence, which Mm -hmm. sounds like an itty bitty piece of time, but from what I've seen, most people don't do that. Like if they could turn off the radio in the car on the way home and just spend that time in silence and in the discomfort, because we're so quick to myself included to escape whatever it is we're feeling that we never make it to the breakthrough. Mm -hmm. We just want to be on to the next thing. Okay. Let's pause there. Let's write that down. They're so eager to escape that they never make it to the breakthrough. That's huge. Yeah, it's, it's something I remind myself all the time because I am that personality that just wants to get to the new the new thing. Everybody does, right? Aren't we an impatient society? Yeah. Like Insta everything, not just Instagram. We want Insta health, Insta wealth, Insta success, Insta this, Insta that, or we feel like failures. And then that doesn't help either, the social media pressure to have to be doing something new every day. Right. You know, I, I was just thinking yesterday, I just wanted to cry. Like, and for no reason, it's not like I'm having a miserable time right now. Right. But we all spent 2020 in the crappiest way possible, you know, and although we were all in that, we all experienced multiple things. I think you said once like, oh, can't the world just stop and we could just deal with the pandemic? And I was like, yeah, that's how I was feeling. Why on top of the pandemic are all these other things happening that I have to deal with? And I don't think that I gave myself full permission to just stop and cry about it. And so I did that like the whole day, like yeah. that's how much crying was required. So I decided that's fine the whole day. And thank God I didn't have anything meetings or things to turn in, but I decided like, since today, I don't have anything to do. I'm going to spend it in silence. I'm going to cry my butt off. And I felt better. That's such a beautiful gift. 
to give yourself. And I think a lot of us, you know, since you talked about the pandemic and crying and, and it kind of actually leads me to my next question. Cause I think we're, a lot of us are in this place where I think they're calling it like COVID hangover. And so even though it's been a year and we're making these strides and things are opening and actually we're starting to inch back to normal or whatever, haven't we all just been listening to all, and I've had to redirect, I noticed this like in the last week. And so I'm really working hard to redirect myself personally, because it's like all these messages are constantly being thrown of you of what? Sickness mm-hmm. and death, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's like so much of the messaging that, and forget about, you know, all like the other arguing and political and all the other things that have been going on that are, um, that can equally make you unsettled. But when you're just having sort of all this sort of fear-based um, messaging coming your way, plus these huge changes in your life, it's hard. Like even if you're healthy, right? Even if you're healthy, yeah. you might feel like I. But I'm healthy. I I have. I'm working. I don't have a reason to feel sad by this. That's that's BS, right? Isn't it? Like you can process and cry for a day if that's what you need to do. So I'm so glad you brought that up because let's talk for a second because you and I are kindred spirits in many ways. And one of them is that we're both highly sensitive people. Yes. <laughs> so what, what does that mean to you? So if someone says to you, Oh, I'm highly sensitive. What does that mean to you? So I've just started using it to describe myself because, and I, because I hate labels and I hate to like put myself in a box or anyone in a box, but language is what we have and mm-hmm. it's what we can use. So when I consider being a highly sensitive person, it means that I am not, I'm not like special in any way. I just, for me, I feel like I feel things really intensely. Yeah. Now the difference between how intensely I feel something and a person that doesn't consider themselves highly sensitive, I don't know because I'm not them. What I know is that I feel things for me, I feel things very physically. I feel them in the body very intensely. Right. Um, moments of joy or love are, are all encompassing. Um, and, but also moments of sadness are, are all encompassing too. Um, and then the other part of that is that not I'm not necessarily saying that I feel every emotion as intensely because I think people misdescribe highly sensitive people as like you tell us anything to break down and cry. Right. And I, I, I just don't see that as a fact. I, I think I would be described from the outside as not emotional, but what's going on inside is, can be a lot of emotions. If not. Yeah. So how does yoga, meditation, all these other practices, writing, all dancing, all these things that you have mentioned, how have they helped you channel that? It, it helps me process because I, I don't know if it's the same for you, but to be highly sensitive sometimes feels like an open nerve and you're able to feel everything in your surroundings if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. And then you have to be able to process what is mine and what is other people's and also what is mine and is true mm-hmm. and not just a passing emotion so meditation allows me to kind of take a temperature check on what's going on in here and say okay I'm feeling this this that and the other thing these two are mine these three are not 
these two are true and this other one is just an emotion passing through, maybe residual damage from something else. Mm-hmm. Um, yoga is able to, it allows me to express and access some of these feelings and emotions in the body and release them on a physical level if they need to be released in that moment. And if not, to be able to sit in this discomfort for a little while longer until I could process and then release. And the same with dancing. It's a, it's a physical expression of what's going inside, right. on inside the body. And um, writing or journaling is giving voice to those thoughts and emotions um, and being able to process a little more slowly than you would if you just let them all come up and dance around. Yeah. And I love that because I think as someone who is also highly sensitive, I think your emotions can get really confusing. And I also think that they can overtake you if you're not really careful. Um, so there's a there's a balance to learning your process mm-hmm. and listening to yourself. And the best way is to quiet yourself and whatever that whatever that means for you. But being able to say, again, yeah, like this belongs to me or this doesn't, just like you said, but also um, acknowledging them without judging yourself for feeling that way, right? Because there's a lot of time growing up, you know, I also went through a period of depression, um, anxiety, some other stuff that happened. And a lot of it, and and still to this day, cycles that I'm trying to break is from uh, feeling guilty or feeling ashamed. For, for having those feelings because you know in that that's one reason I work with athletes is because in that arena I learned growing up that no don't be a baby don't be weak misty don't be soft you're such a cry baby blah 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 and I thought oh my god what's wrong with me I have all these feelings like why do I have all these feelings and so <laughs> but like everyone's telling me they're wrong to have and so I think you know we kind of have to all go through that process but i think the more that you like you're saying the more you get to know yourself the easier it becomes to sort of identify what's going on oh okay um like this is happening um or all of a sudden i feel sad but i don't know why i feel sad i don't have a reason to feel sad but maybe you were just around somebody who did feel sad right and there was like that empathic energy exchange going on so um and like you were saying sickness and death we're, we're surrounded by it we've been surrounded by it for over a year now those are very real emotions and we're having them and the people around us are having them and feeling them very intensely. So we have it within us and we're picking up on that. There has to be a way to, to be able to sit with it and process that and not hold it in the body. I was just reading today that in traditional Chinese medicine, they say grief is held in the lungs. Mm-hmm. And I've been having, I've always had a lot of trouble with my lungs and respiratory system, but lately now, and I, I feel like it's this purging of grief, right? Like we have to allow ourselves to feel that and purge it, whether it's ours or it's something that we picked up or else it just sits there and it eats away at us. Yeah, that's really interesting that you say that because I've been working a lot in the heart, heart chakra and I actually got a crystal singing bowl like tuned to the heart chakra. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing a lot because I feel like there's a lot of purging that has to mm-hmm. happen there. But I also think it's about um, like redirecting yourself sometimes right like so sometimes you have to say like okay yeah there's all these messages let me turn off the news for a while let me get off take a social media break let me do things for myself that are going to help me reset even if i like you're saying five minutes a day sometimes i'm not gonna lie i'll go outside and i'll sit under a tree for five minutes and just because i need that that grounding that energy i need for me i need fresh air i need to be in nature so 
I think again, like just knowing the things that, that work for you. So, um, gosh, we've talked about like so many things already today. Mm -hmm. I know we got to wrap up in a few minutes. Um, what would be something that you would want somebody to take away from? And, and I know it's kind of, this is going to probably put you on the spot a little bit, but like, what would be, let's say, let's say two or three things, not just one mm -hmm. thing, two or three things that you would want somebody to know about, um, about either yoga or following their purpose, whatever you feel guided to talk about right now. In other words, what would be your message? I mean, lately I've been working a lot myself and I, I've seen it in the community of being able to honor your desire, whatever that is. Um, so if you have an inkling to like, like I recently bought roller skates. If you want to go roller skating, go freaking roller skating. Oh my God, I loved that post on your Instagram. <laughs> Like it doesn't have to be this whole thing yeah. because like you don't have to like join a team or like start a club. You could just like, you want to roller skate around your block, go roller skate around your block. You're like really wanted to like, I don't know, I just did a flash fiction festival, which was awesome. And it's just because I wanted to do it and it doesn't have to be part of a job or get you somewhere else or improve you in some way i think we're so fixated on like fixing ourselves and becoming better all the time which is great we should always be improving but we also need to allow ourselves to just be and love the things we love and do the things we love and explore those things because i can't tell you how many women i've spoken to both as clients and as friends who tell me i have no idea what i like right like, not one thing so how, how are you supposed to create a life if you don't even know what you like? Yeah. And again, that's huge. I'm telling you for the athletes that I work with that are in transition, it's like they get out of that and, like, and literally it's like, who am I? I know nothing else. I fostered nothing else in my life. And I love this. I think, I think it's Joseph Campbell has this quote. I don't know the whole thing, but it basically says, follow your bliss. And it's like a whole thing around that. So like that's a good one. To and then we, we've perverted that quote. We've perverted that quote to mean follow your bliss and then you're going to be a multimillionaire. That's not what he yeah. was talking about. Yeah. So follow your bliss so that you could be a whole human being. To whole. Right. To feel whole. And that bliss, by the way, might just be sitting and having that inner stillness, right? So it might not be that there's necessarily anything wrong in your life and that you have to go make these dramatic changes. It might be that you're not listening to yourself enough and that you just need to have that inner stillness and connect with yourself and give your soul a chance to just to be heard and to breathe right like sometimes it's really that simple and then like you're saying with the roller skates and some of these other things just follow the things that call to you see what don't judge them you know i mean unless it's something like you know that's bad for you but <laughs> as long as it's something that's healthy and that you're not going to get yourself in trouble for or hurt anyone else <laughs> I mean, what, what's the harm in just, in just following it, whatever, whatever that might be, that's calling to you explore. There's a reason that this coming up in your life. It doesn't mean major life change. It doesn't mean it's going to, you know, all these other things, but listen. And almost, oh. especially when you're getting older, because I think people just shut down. Like I'm, yeah. well, I'm an adult now and I only do my work and my family stuff and my duties and responsibilities, but like what joy is ever supposed to come from that? Right. For your family and to your job and to your community, if you can't connect with those inner desires and any form of joy. Right. Yeah. 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 It's definitely, oh, yeah. I took some me time. I, what, I mean, whatever people will say. So, but I think really just allowing, 
yourself to just be yourself, right? And that could be super hard because it's like, oh, who am I? But I really believe that if you don't take that time for inner stillness, you're not going to figure that out. And then don't just do the things that other people say are joyful because I think we fall into the trap of like our culture says like drinking, like I hate mommy culture. I think that's just crap. (laughs) The idea that women can only be happy if we're sitting around getting wasted on rosé is ridiculous. Um, Or like, oh, you have to party your face off in order to like find joy and desire. You have to like have sex or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, if that gives you joy, do that thing. I'm not judging anyone, but make sure it's coming from your heart and not because you're receiving these messages from the outside of what desire and joy is supposed to be. I love that. I think that's an awesome way to wrap up too, because that's, that's ultimately what it is, right? And it's not what somebody else is telling you, like you were saying in the beginning of the conversation, what, what you should be doing or what you should want in your life or what would be good for you. What, what do you think? Like, what do you really think? If you're just really being honest with yourself, what do you really think? And that might even be a good meditation or journal exercise. So anyhow, so we're, I know we got to wrap up. We've been yeah. going and going. We, I could talk about this all day. I know you could too. So thank you for allowing me the opportunity. No, thank you for interviewing me. I took away so much more from this than I anticipated, even though I always take something away when you and I speak, but um, I really took a lot away today. So I think half of the questions I asked were for my own benefit. So thank you. Other people have those questions. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I have them. Somebody else probably does too, right? So, um, well, thank you very much, my thank beautiful you. friend. Beautiful job. I appreciate you. And we'll talk real soon. Yes. All right, I'm logging you off. Everyone else stay on with me. <laughs> uh, I have a few housekeeping announcements. Hi. So we have a lot going on. This podcast is thanks to our Patreon supporters. Um, You could get started for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash wild wonder. Also, when you're a Patreon member, you can join us for these calls live and ask your own questions of our guests, usually not me. And we have discounts on our upcoming classes and we have some great ones in March, for instance, March 11th at 5 p.m. we have our live kids yoga class. That's for the kids yoga Patreon tier, which starts at $10. And then March 15th at 5.30, we have Oracle Yoga for tweens and teens. And I am so excited about this class. It's um, going to help tweens and teens connect with themselves through the practice of using Oracle cards being able to connect with those archetypes, embody those archetypes through yoga or movement, um, and be able to sit in meditation and also journal. Very excited. So if you know of a tween or teen that would love that class, sign them up. It's March 15th at 5.30. Also, March 25th, we have Art of the Home Practice at 7 o'clock with our very special guest, astrologer Amber Astronauta, who is also our next podcast guest on March 18th, and she's gonna talk all about the moon signs. So we always talk about our sun sign, right? When we ask somebody, what's your sign? It's usually, we're trying to figure out their sun sign or their overall essence. But how often do we really consider our moon sign? You're gonna wanna listen to that podcast. So I'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'll put everything in the show notes and otherwise you can find us at wearewildwonder.com. See you soon.